the stories. Be motivated. Be inspired. Join us today. Voice America Influencers. Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning, everybody. I am so excited to be here with you all and to be on the show today. Uh, This show is uh, something that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to be talking about how to make a greater difference or more of an impact on the world. And, uh, you know, for me, I just was kind of born with this desire to help people and to help save the world. And uh, it was funny, for those of you who have seen the new Wonder Woman movie, I think there's one point in the movie where she says, you know what, I help people who can't help themselves. And that's just always been a desire of mine for good and for bad. Sometimes that's uh, been difficult for me because I want to I help people more than I can. But today I wanted to bring on a couple of guests that actually have been able to reach millions of people. And for me, one of the questions that that I used to ask myself and that I used to answer yes to was the question, do you feel like you could be doing more? Do you feel like there's more that you have to offer the world? And how would you like to go to bed every night feeling fulfilled like you've made a difference in the world? And I used to answer yes to both of those questions. Yes, I want. I feel like there's more of a difference that I could be making. And yes, I want to go to bed every night feeling fulfilled. Well, today, I definitely think there's room for improvement. There's more of an impact that I can make on the world. I want to talk about some of the things that I'm doing to fulfill that mission. But I can honestly say that every night I go to bed now feeling fulfilled like I've made a difference. And I wanted to bring a couple of people on the show that could maybe help you do that and could give you some ideas on how to impact more people uh, really globally. So I want to introduce our first guest today. Our first guest uh, is Dr. Jane, known, known as AJ. And he had an interesting experience with Tony Robbins that inspired him um, to, to start small, but to play big. And he now has impacted millions of people worldwide. So, uh, AJ, are you there with us? Yes, I'm here. Thank you, Allison, for having me on your show. Well, I'm so, I'm so excited for you to be here, and I'm, I'm very honored that you would take the time to come on. Um, I, I had a personal experience uh, that really has impacted me and that Feed a Billion holds a special place in my heart. I'm going to tell our listeners about what that is here in just a minute, but I wanted you to start out by telling us what happened with Tony Robbins uh, that led to you now helping uh, feed millions of people worldwide. Certainly. Um, I'll come to that in one second. Feed a billion, it really is, the premise of Feed a Billion is that we as individuals, we as human beings, we have two very deep desires that bring us more joy than anything else. One of them is to connect. We have a need to love and we have a need to be loved. That's one. And the second is we have a need to give. We have a need to help. So when we do uh, things that connect us with people, that when we help people that where we can, uh, when, where we see need, whether it is animals or uh, whatever the cause may be, um, we have this desire 
that brings us this joy. What you were talking about earlier is when you go back, when you go to bed at night, do you feel fulfilled? So fulfillment comes from connecting with people, being loved by people and loving people, and also from um, just helping and, and giving back. So, you know, I, I, I do have to say that, oh, sorry, uh, I, I just wanted to add one thing here. What you're saying is, is resonating with me at this time. Um, last week, you know, I've had a, I've had a rough couple of weeks. I mean, just to be honest, my daughter graduated last weekend. I've had a bunch of different emotions about that. I've had family in town. Um, we're looking at putting our house on the market. All these things are, are happening. And last week, I had the opportunity to fly down and to visit a transitional home um, during what they call warm and fuzzy time. And so these people who have fallen upon hard times came together, and they basically had very little monetarily, but they all talked about what was important to them. And I felt so much love there. And just being there, um, and, and I don't even know if I was really helping, but I felt like I was, uh, made such a difference in my life. And completely, I left that, that trip feeling fulfilled. My heart was full. So I completely agree with what you're saying and, and just wanted to, to add that personal experience in there. Certainly. Thank you. And so what Feed a Billion is, it's not Feed a Billion. It's not... Uh, that we are doing a billion meals. What we have done is we have created a platform where one individual can tell another individual somewhere else in the world, whether in the U.S. at home or somewhere else in the world, that I love you, that I care about you, and that you matter. And that one interaction, one interaction at a time, happening a billion times, is what Feed a Billion is. And where that came about was I was at, um, a Tony Robbins event uh, last year. And I had this vision of Feed a Billion well before that, 14, 15 months before that. But I didn't do anything with it. And because I was scared, I was scared of being judged. I was scared of failing. And I didn't do anything. I just didn't do anything. I thought about it. I obsessed about it, but I didn't do anything. And that's something that I want to talk a little bit about later on on the show as to how do you overcome um, these types of emotions that hold us back. And I call it becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. And mm. so what happened was Tony uh, shares his story of when he was uh, younger and his family didn't have money for, for food on a Thanksgiving and, and somebody came and gave them food. And what it made him realize was that he mattered. It was so much more than food. So food is so much more than just food. It's, it's hunger when somebody's hungry, when they don't have a way of knowing where their next meal is going to come from, where the, where, when people have this food insecurity, it's not just about food. At some point in time, they begin to wonder, do I matter? And that is where this platform of Feed a Billion is so helpful because it allows people to go and reach and touch somebody through food. And that's why I call food is love because I grew up in a very abundant environment. I grew up in India and my mom cooked and my aunts and everybody in the family, you know, they were cooking and we were having meals and we were getting together around meals and there was just a lot of conversation. We did, we, growing up, we didn't have the internet, we didn't have television. So we just played around. The kids had a very fulfilling life and there was just so much love around 
that abundance of, of food we ate together. And I grew up with that blueprint that food is love. And then you see this is going on. 785 million people in the world are food insecure, where they don't know where their next meal is going to come from. In the United States, in the richest country in the world, mm-hmm. there are 42 million people that are food insecure. And, and wow. you know, we judge. And there are many times we... We hear of things like this and we judge and we say, you know what, they must be lazy or they must be drug addicts or they must be uh, living um, in ghetto or whatever we judgments we pass. But, you know, I have been there. I have talked to people. I have, I have delivered food to people. And, and it's not that, you know, it, where we are is a mom uh, who is working full time at $12 an hour and who has two children, if one of her kids gets sick for four or five days, she can't catch up. You know, the, the, the math, just does, math just doesn't work. So, you know, it's a, it's a real problem, and it's pervasive. It's the, you know, in a, in, if you look at right now where we are in, in the world, we have more food on a per capita basis. We have 17% more food on a per capita basis globally than we, what we need. So in a time where we have more food than we have ever had, we have more people that are hungry than we have ever had. 22,000 people die every day. So what we are doing is we are taking this global problem, and we, you know, I decided that either I can stand on the sideline and, and keep talking about it, or I'm just going to jump in and see what happens. And we have done... 1.5, 1 million meals. You know, Tony has matched 210,000 meals, and we, including his match, we have done 1.5 million meals. And we became a 501c3 nonprofit in May last year. So in a year, we have, we have helped mobilize 1.5 million meals. So if we hadn't done anything, if I hadn't stood up and said, I want to do something, we wouldn't have done that impact. You know, and yeah, that's you know, where... So yeah, well, and I want to say I want to say a couple of things about that too, and I, I, w- I want to go more into the fear base because you did get over that fear and and step up and do that. But you know, it's interesting. I had a I had an experience, and I've shared this with you, and I've shared it with a, a few other people, and maybe if you're listening in, you heard me share this. But I I had a I've had a couple of moments in my life, but recently I had one, and you talk about not judging people who are hungry or who are homeless. And I had a complete wake-up call with that recently. I was in Arizona where there's a quite a healthy homeless population, maybe unhealthy homeless population. There's a lot of people who are homeless that live in Arizona because of the good weather uh, in downtown Phoenix. And I was walking down the street with a friend of mine who had a four-week-old baby, and I saw a man walking towards us. And he had tattered clothes. He had a cigarette hanging out of his mouth, dreadlocks. You know, I, I immediately started thinking in my head, oh, he's going to ask us for money. What am I going to say? I don't have any cash. And then I start thinking things like, well, I'm glad it's daylight, you know, that we're going to be safe, you know, that nothing, you know, nothing bad's going to happen with all these people around. Well, right before he gets to me, he stops mm-hmm. and he turns and he kneels down. And it's only then that I noticed a man laying on the sidewalk in the shadows that's in far worse condition. He has no shoes. Mm-hmm. He has no teeth. His clothes are tattered. And this man that was walking towards me that I was judging pulls a backpack off of his back and takes out a pair of shoes and socks and hands it to this man who I didn't even notice on the sidewalk. And that man hugs the shoes and socks to him. 
And he says, thank you. And just gives a big toothless grin. And my friend patted the guy who gave the shoes on the shoulders and said, God bless you. And we walked on. And I thought, AJ, I mean, you know, here I am thinking, oh my goodness, I would judge somebody who obviously has far less than I, but would stop and help somebody who I would walk past not even notice on the sidewalk. And so that was my huge wake-up call to like, what am I doing with the blessings I've been giving? What am I doing with the influence I've been giving? And how am I going to be giving back? And so I'm doing some things. I'll talk about it later on in the call. But, you know, I think each of us maybe, you know, especially socially conscious entrepreneurs or people who are making huge impact in the world like you are, we all have that moment, that that wake-up call. But yet, then there's that fear that we have to push yeah. past because it's like we want right. to make a difference, but what if it's not accepted? What if it doesn't work? What if we don't really matter enough to help other people? I don't know. Those were the thoughts running through my mind, but what did you right. do to push past that fear? How did you get over that? Well, um, um, I'll speak about that in one second. I wanted to comment a little bit on the the show experience that you, you mentioned. So when you just look at what happened there, it, mm-hmm. it, it's, yes, the one person gave shoes to another person, but it's so much more than shoes. So the person that gave felt this tremendous joy from giving. And the person mm-hmm. that received felt that he mattered. And that is what I am talking about with Feed a Billion is that it's not just about the food. It's about the gratification, it's about the experience of joy that you receive from giving and the person that is receiving what value they get out of that. It's not just the object, it's not just the shoe, it is actually the emotion that is associated with that. So that's one. The second thing I wanted to mention is that we have this very immediate reaction, which is exactly the reaction that you had, which is you started to judge yourself right after that. That's true. So it's it's not just that we judge others. We actually judge ourselves a lot more than anybody knows because what goes on inside our heads is deep, dark secret. And nobody knows. So we beat ourselves up inside our heads all the time. The same thoughts keep repeating. And one of those thoughts is, what will people think of me if I fail? What will people yeah. think of me if I'm not able to do this? And that is what I call is becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. And what that means is that when we become comfortable with what makes us uncomfortable, that is where we are able to do something in spite of fear. See, courage is not the opposite of fear. Courage is doing something in spite of fear. So when we take an action, when we make a decision to take an action and then do something about whatever it is that is holding us back, whatever it is that is terrifying us, all of a sudden people say, oh, he's so courageous. You know, people are saying, wow, AJ, you're so awesome. You have done a one and a half million meal, feed a billion, tell me about it. it it's, not, you know, I didn't do this because of the accolades. It's Really, feed a billion happens a billion times when one individual is engaging with another, with another individual. So at the, at the root of all of this is one step. So mm-hmm. what I did was I just took one step. And 
the first step that I did was I made a decision. I made a decision that something needs to be done and I need to help do it. And then, and then the second thing that happened was I, of course, immediately after that questioned my first decision because I said, are you an idiot? Why did you do that? So then the self-judgment <laughs> comes right away. Yeah. And then this fear comes, oh my God, this is massive. What happens if this fails? And then this other realization comes is that this cannot happen unless I completely surrender myself and become absolutely nothing. That is when other people are going to jump on this because this isn't about me. This is about everybody else doing. And, and the second that surrender happens, just magic starts to unfold. Yeah. You know, I love what you're saying, AJ. And, you know, I know everybody that's listening in right now is thinking, how can I be involved in PWA and how can I be involved in part of this? And and I'm getting some texts saying that we're going to talk about how you can do that on our next segment here coming up. So just stay on. I know you're you're loving listening to AJ and all the advice that he has to offer. And uh, AJ, you know, I I feel like I'm getting a personal session from you here or something, but... What I love about what you're saying is it's very doable. It's yeah. not that um, what, what you've done, you did because you had uh, more resources or because you had a greater vision or more influence. It was just simply, if you want to help, just make that decision and take that step. And I wanted to share with you, as you were talking, I felt uh, I, my mind went to a book that my friend Kimberly Giles wrote, and it's called Choosing Clarity. It's one of my favorite books, and I just wanted to read a little paragraph out of this because I think um, I really like how she says this, and you were saying this too, but she said, the problem is that when you're suffering from a fear of failure or a fear of loss, you are not capable of love. You must first choose trust in your value and your journey so you are no longer needy and scared. It's only when you need nothing that you can show up for others and not have strings attached. When you're scared, your neediness automatically makes your acts of kindness about getting what you need. You may still do loving, kind things for people, but you will be doing them partly for you. You will be doing them to get that validation or approval you need to quiet your fear, and that isn't really love. Yes, absolutely. That is absolutely, you know, I couldn't have said it any better. Yes, that is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate that. Okay, is, so I wanted to run I wanted to run something by you too. And this is a thought, uh, and I wanted to get I wanted to get your opinion on this and I want to hear a little bit more about some of your success stories too. But I want to run this thought by you. Uh, and that is that a great leader makes great sacrifices. And when I say great, I don't, I'm not referring to the magnitude of the sacrifices, but rather the kind of sacrifices made. So, for example, every human being makes sacrifices, and some choose to sacrifice their dreams and potential for comfort and ease. And some choose to sacrifice long-term fulfillment for momentary gain. But a good leader will sacrifice ease, comfort, and momentary gain to pursue their dreams and fulfill their potential. So is that kind of what you're saying when you say you've got to get uncomfortable? You've got to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. I am. What I am saying in that is that we, whatever it is that we want is beyond fear. So the second we get past the fear, 
we will get what we want. Because when it is something that we really want, and we keep thinking about it, we keep obsessing about it, and we want to do it, and I want to do it, I want to do it, I want to do it, but then we don't do it. Why is that? Well, because we keep thinking about, you know, I've talked to people that will say, you know, I want to be a billionaire. Okay, great. In order for you to be a billionaire, you need to have 100 million first. In order for you to have 100 million, you need to have 10 million first. In order for you to have 10 million, you need to have a million first. In order for you to have a million, you need to have 100,000. You know, it, it finally comes down to, do you have one? So in yeah. order for us to do a billion meals, there has to be one. And then from one, it became 10. From 10, it became 1,000. From 1,000, it became 100,000. 100,000 became a million. From a million, it will be 10 million. So we just, as we expand our horizons, as we expand ourselves, we are always going to be faced with situations that are fearful, always. Because now I am thinking of bigger things. Why? Because I have expanded myself. So now I'm afraid of different things. So again, I have to push myself beyond that. So it never stops. It just keeps going and going and going. And we, as human beings, I am expanding as a result of that. Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And again, I think it comes back to that simple principle uh, that, you know, I think a lot of times... I think in order to to make a big impact on the world, I need to to have a bigger income or I need to have a, a bigger reach or a bigger influence or a bigger whatever it is. But really what you're saying is, is start small and build up. It can seem right. overwhelming when we think about everything we want to accomplish and what it's going to take to get there. Um, but if right. we just start with the little things that they will definitely add up. Well, and AJ, I want to hear a little bit more, too, about some of the, your personal stories with people and Feed a Billion. Uh, what countries have you been in? Uh, what, what stories or experiences do you have that you could share with us? Certainly. Um, we have provided meals so far in Africa, primarily in Kenya. We have done that in India, and we have done that in the U.S. And we are partnering with organizations that actually deliver food on the ground. So one of the things that, that we learned was when Haiti happened many years ago and President Clinton was involved and they raised hundreds of millions of dollars, there was a tremendous amount of food that showed up in Haiti. And so much of that was wasted because the infrastructure didn't exist to mobilize. So there are, there are local mm-hmm. cultures, there are local uh, warlords, there are local customs that we don't have the expertise in. There are organizations that have the expertise in that. They are delivering food on the grounds. What we are what we are doing is we are providing them the financial resources to be able to do what they need to do. And we are also oh, great. working... And AJ, with, we're going to have to hear more about this when we come back. Um, sure. So we're going to leave it on a little bit of a cliffhanger here. It's time for us to have a brief uh, break. We're going to learn about some other shows on this channel Listen to the commercials. They're actually pretty good. I re-listened to my show. But stay tuned. Come, coming right back, we're going to hear more about AJ and, and exactly how Feed a Billion is working and also how you can get involved in Feed a Billion. See, that's your next small step. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Be 
sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. The Greg Reed Show takes you behind the scenes with some of the most successful entrepreneurs and influencers the world has to offer. Greg S. Reed is known as a master storyteller and a highly sought after motivational keynote speaker. You'll learn that successes have their downsides and challenges as well. Find out how Greg and his guests have overcome these challenges to become some of the top influencers today. Listen to The Greg Reed Show, Mondays at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Influencers. Voice America Network is proud to present Clarissa Burt Talks, talk radio for men and women. Clarissa invites you to join conversations from discovering the beauty of living life to its fullest or the beauty of how one chooses to contribute and give back to society and everything in between. Join Clarissa as every week she talks with illustrious guests about their personal journeys, lifestyles, tips, and stories in her exploration of the beauty in life. Broadcasting live every Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Clarissa Burt takes it to the airwaves right here on the Voice America channel. Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. We are here with AJ Jane of Feed a Billion. And AJ, I've learned so much from you already. Uh, I'm, I'm anxious to hear you kind of left us off telling us how Feed a Billion works. And I would love to know how, how people can get involved in this. I've had several people texting me, asking me how they can, can be a part of Feed a Billion. So, yes, AJ, uh, continue. So uh, there's a lot of additional information about Feed a Billion, what we are doing, where we are doing questions and answers on our website. It's called feedabillion.org. And we are also on Facebook, Feed a Billion. Uh, just go to our Facebook page and there's information and we keep updating it uh, from different interviews and whatever it is that we are doing out there. And it's, it's, people find it very surprising that for a dollar, we provide 10 meals. So if somebody's wondering, what can I do? What you can do is if you have a way to give up one Starbucks coffee, venti coffee in a month, you can actually provide meals for a child or even an adult for an entire month. So we have made it very efficient. And how we are able to do that is because there are volunteers involved in a lot of these organizations that we are working with. There are matches from the governments or other corporate grants that are matching, which makes the cost very efficient. There is excess food in the system 
that organizations are tapping into and are able to provide um, that food um, further down into where it needs to be consumed. Um, and the dollar is strong. You know, the, the, the value of a dollar is high in a country like India or a country like Kenya. So there are... Yeah, and, uh, and you think a dollar, I mean, a dollar is like nothing, you know, but to somebody yeah. in one of these countries, that could be 10 meals, um, yeah. you know. To, I mean, to it me, can be, so you, I, you can do $4 a month and or in, you can do a dollar a month, and when you do a dollar a month, it's ten meals. And if a thousand people did a dollar a month, that is forty thousand meals. So you know, the math it, it just multiplies. And yeah, it really um, it really does. It really yeah. it, absolutely. So if I have an extra dollar, if I have an extra mm-hmm. four dollars, and I I do want to end by sharing kind of a cool story about this. But if I have an extra dollar, if I have an extra four dollars, and I'm listening right now, where do I go? Where where do I go to? to, to you can online? just go to yeah. You can just go to feedabillion dot org and right there there's a donate button and you can set up a recurring donation or a one time donation. It gives you those options. And um, and the other thing is that if you don't have any money, you can go to our Facebook page and just like and share our Facebook page. And there is a whole corporate program that we have built which. We don't have an opportunity to talk to here. And we don't have enough time. But there is information about our corporate program also because companies get hit up for donations. So I'm from a business background, and I wanted to change that paradigm. So we have created a technology that completely integrates with Facebook where companies can actually, instead of uh, putting money into social media advertising, they can work with us, and we can create 400 to 500% higher impact and much significantly higher ROI on their advertising dollars and social media. And we have information about that as well. Because, you know, I didn't want to go to companies and say, hey, give us $10,000 donation. I'd rather take money from their marketing dollars and create a win-win-win situation for all of us. And that's what we have yeah, created. It, yeah, and that's an incredible idea. Um, I, I first heard about that. Blew my mind. So definitely go and check it out. And uh, Now, I, I, I kind of want to end with this, and we're going to have uh, another guest on and AJ, it's been fabulous listening to you, and I've learned so much. One of the things I told the story earlier on in the call about my, my experience in Arizona uh, and what I decided to do, my action step um, after that experience, was to participate in something called the Spirit Summit. So I'm hoping to put on the Spirit Summit. It's going to be in L.A. Uh, that's this month, June 17th, at the LAX Sheridan. If you want more information, you can go to www spiritsummit.com. AJ will be there. Well, he won't be there. Feed a Billion will be there. And Christine Kranos will be there representing Feed a Billion. AJ, unfortunately, it's the day before Father's Day and you live on the East Coast, so he couldn't quite yeah. make it back and forth. Yeah. But we will be featuring Feed a Billion there. And if you want to support that wonderful organization, um, please come to that event. It's where we're going to gather socially conscious entrepreneurs together. And the cool thing about this event is uh, when when I first got connected with you and with Feed a Billion, um, after meeting some people with Feed a Billion at the City Summit that Ryan Long put on last year, I I had an experience come to my mind, and that was this: about a year ago, I was actually in India speaking at a women's economic forum there, and it was my first time to India. I, I've pretty much been born and raised in Idaho, and haven't 
traveled much up until the past couple of years. And uh, most of the time I was in India. I was in a five-star hotel uh, being waited on hand, but probably the, the nicest hotel I've ever stayed in. But mm-hmm. one night we, uh, we ventured out. My, my second night there it was my first time out of the hotel um, at the airport of the hotel into the city. And we were driving. It was New Delhi. And there were, you know, there, there's three lanes of traffic. But really, there's five lanes of traffic because it was crazy t- traffic in the city. And as we were at a stoplight in our fancy hotel car, I'm doing air quotes. But I say fancy because the hotel car was actually enclosed and had air conditioning. I looked over and I saw a mother and her children living on this grassy area that was basically in the middle of this traffic flow. Mm-hmm. And I watched as she pointed to our car and shooed her 10-year-old boy out into traffic towards our car. And I had a 10-year-old at the time. I looked away. My mama bear came out. I couldn't even watch. And the next thing I know, Ooh. I heard a tap on my window. And I turned and looked. And I looked into this little boy's eyes. And that was the first time I had ever experienced poverty in a child. And it completely shook me, and he held out his hand. I knew he wanted money, but I knew that no amount of money that I had on me was really going to change his life. So the elf in the car gave him money. The mom ran out the road with the baby. The car turned, the light turned green, and away our car went. Well, the next morning, I woke up to fabulous news. My show was airing for the first time. India wanted to carry my book. I was invited to be on Fox and Friends, and I thought about all this you know, reach or impact that I could have. That little boy's eyes kept haunting me. So I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to stop until I did everything I could to potentially reach and help that little boy. And when I was first talking with, I think with Jason Cisneros about Feed a Billion, and he talked about where those meals were going and who those meals were feeding, I just broke down in tears because I realized that maybe something I had done might impact that little boy or help those children who are hungry over in India. So, um, feed a billion to me. You are helping me fulfill my commitment and my dreams. So thank you so much, AJ. And thank you for, for being on here. And I would encourage everybody listening to find out more about feed a billion and get involved. If you can, it's like a dollar, $4 a month. Um, and it's going to make a huge impact. So thank you so much for being on AJ. Thank you so much, Allison, for bringing me on your show, and thank you to the listeners. Thank you for giving me your time. Thank you, AJ. Take well, care. And I wanted to introduce our, our next guest to everybody, and um, this next guest, I met her a couple of months ago, and I just want to tell you a little bit about her. Like AJ, she is, is influencing and determined to help millions of people. What's kind of cool is that this lady it went from basically a a life of riches to a life of rags back to a very abundant life. So she was actually homeless at one time. But um, Helise Sparky Bridges, we call her, I call her Grandma Sparky. She is the founder of of Make a Difference International and and Blue Ribbons uh, Worldwide. And her stories have been published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, She, and I'm just going to mention a couple of her different accolades here because she has many, many different ones, but she actually received a a pretty prestigious award in 2005 and 2009. She travels the world. She has spoken on the same stage uh, with Al Gore and um, the Dalai Lama. So she is making a huge difference in the world. And what I love about her more than any of the accomplishments that she has made is that when I'm talking with her and when I'm with her, I feel 
absolutely loved and special, and she does that for everybody that she knows. So, um, Grandma Sparky or Halisa, are you on the phone? I have, I'm so 100% on the phone with you. I'm, I'm, my, I'm smiling from all of what you said and what AJ and, and just being here with you. Oh, special. Oh, well, I, I am so excited you're going to be here. And by the way, you are also going to be at the Spirit Summit. We're going to be featuring you. So, um, again, if you're listening and want to connect with either Vita Billion or if you want to connect personally with, um, Halise Bridges, then definitely come to the Spirit Summit. But I want to talk a little bit, first of all, about what you're doing um, so that, that all of our listeners can understand. And then basically your journey, because your journey is absolutely incredible. And I believe that we can learn um, from other people's experiences. In fact, I'm just going to say this really quickly. This morning, as I did my morning meditation and, and prayer and thought, the thought that came to my mind was, write down a list of five people who you want to emulate, who you aspire to be like, uh, and your name uh, was on that list. So I just uh, so wanted to have you on the call today. Right. I got to stand up and give myself a standing ovation. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that was pretty cool. I, by the way, I have a long time learned how to receive acknowledgement. Is You know, here's what, Ellen, thank you so much for that. I just want to a bridge something that AJ said and you just said about India and about uh, feeding people a billion um, because um, my uh, my work really started in um, we're talking about uh, feeding a billion people right now but not food uh, feeding them uh, uh, appreciation respect love uh, valuing their unique talents and it's Empowering their dreams, not alone, but collectively. I'm going to explain something. In, um, I'm 75 years young now, so back in, uh, when I was 37, I was a millionaire and going through um, a, a very abusive marriage, a, a controlling where I felt invisible. I left everything, went from uh, millions and millions of dollars to uh, giving my husband all, all the money and uh, wind up living in a car and garages of friends and anywhere I could, but what, but the, here's the gift. The gift is that, and here's how I discovered how to feed my own hunger of my own, who I am and how I can make a difference with, with ending hunger, actually. I don't know if you know this story, but um, I, want, I, in the, in, I had a voice that came through me and, and it said um, that I had to go make a difference, and in 1979... Uh, that conversation wasn't out there yet. Uh, I became co-chair of the San Diego Hunger Project. I volunteered, and I went on the streets and the movie lines, and, and I, I got a team together, and collectively we enrolled 10,000 people to do something to end world hunger. Wow. And, and in the, this is 1970, 1980, I went out in the, in the beaches, and I would, I would shake people that were putting... Um, uh, what do you call lotion on their bodies, you know, for the sun. And I'd say, excuse me, uh, I'd like to talk to you about ending world hunger. Would you sign this little card and say you'll do something? And from there I wound up raising money for the Hunger Project and then wound up speaking to 50,000 people in school assemblies um, that year and the following year. And people, and this is where 
what happened for me that is unexpected is that kids and adults would come up to me and say, I'm starving myself. Uh, My father just lost his job and we might lose our home. Some other kids said, my mother's got cancer and we don't know what to do. Another uh, teenager ran up to me and said, my brother just got arrested for drugs and he's in jail. And people are coming up to me talking about their the kind of hunger, the emotional hunger, um, the physical, the um, spiritual hunger. And I, I didn't put it in those words at the time, but I came home and I thought, I'm going through a divorce. I'm living in a garage. I have no money. But I think I want to find a way that I can, maybe people need to be loved like, like I needed from my husband. And I created a blue ribbon that says who I am makes a difference. And I went up to my kids' teachers and my neighbors, and I, and I stood in front of them, connected heart to heart, eye to eye, told them how much I appreciated and uh, respected and loved them. Um, and would they accept my gift of this blue ribbon that says who I am makes a difference? Uh, and they would just kind of shrug their shoulder in and, and shock and say, yeah. And I said, may I place it above your heart? It's pointing up towards your best dreams coming true, and I'm going to be here to cheer you on. Uh, and I would take the spark from my heart and put my index finger on the ribbon, and I go, bing, B-I-N-G, which is the sound I created to make dreams yeah. come true. And it caught on, and 35,000 people were honored in the first three months I started it. Wow. And, Hillies, I want to hear more about this. I love your story. And what I love that you are talking about or what I really appreciate is that you really had nothing when you started other than a desire to make a difference. Right. And you went out and Mm -hmm. did it. We are going to go for a brief break now. But when we come back, we're going to hear more about Hillies Sparky Bridges her Blue Ribbon Initiative, and what she's doing in the world today and how you can get involved with her. So stay tuned. This is Spotlight with Allison H. Larson. We'll be right back with Halise Sparky Bridges. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What is the real social impact that those in the entertainment industry are making? IndieVision Radio with host Scott C. Brown, the founder of the IndieVision Project and Maxit Magazine, is a personal conversation about their work in the industry and the impact they're having on humanity. From world health to world peace, you're given a true behind-the-scenes look at what those working in the indie realm are doing to make a positive influence on the world. On the Influencers Channel, tune in to Indie Vision Radio, Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America. It's time to elevate yourself and your business to the next level. What are the secrets of business success? Discover them on Key Entrepreneurs of Influence with your host, Kieran Sweeney. Find out who the business owners are that stand out in their respective industries and what they can teach you. The program contains valuable advice that can cost thousands through a professional consultant. Key Entrepreneurs of Influence can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. 
You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back to Spotlight. We're here with my special guest, Elise Sparky Bridges, who we've just heard about her Blue Ribbon Initiative, uh, which she started, by the way, when she was homeless. But she decided she wanted to make a difference in the world and was able to give uh, 35,000 blue ribbons out. Uh, just Was that just in the first year? No, in the first three months. In the first three months. So in the first three months, because you had this desire and this impact. And how many blue ribbons have you given out today? So I'm going to say it a little different. The ribbon says who I am makes a difference, and it's really how many people were acknowledged. The blue ribbon is a tool for acknowledgement. And um, so when I, 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 today, 40 million people have been acknowledged with that blue ribbon in 12 languages around the world. It's a, it, it, we duplicated it. People order the ribbons for weddings, for funerals, for corporations, for board meetings, for school districts, for to connect people heart to heart, ignite the human spirit empower dreams, and help people give back to their community, country, and world. It is, um, that, that acknowledgement ceremony causes people to pop up like toast. And I'm the creator, and, and I wanted everybody to duplicate it. So I'm like the mother that gave birth to this. And, um, <laughs> like, and so, yeah, 40 million going to a billion now. That's great. Well, in something we talked about over commercial break, I wanted to bring this up. Because, uh-huh. you know, I read, I read a quote earlier with AJ about how in order to really love and serve, you have to get over fear and insecurity yourself. And you have taught me something, and that is to be able to receive graciously. So can you right. address that and how you did that? Because it's my belief that in order to truly serve the world and to love to my fullest capacity, I have to first be able to receive love for myself. Yes. And the, when I first created, this is the fascination for all of us. When I first created the Who I Am Makes a Difference Blue Ribbon, the blue ribbon gold lettering inscribed says, Who I Am Makes a Difference. I began to honor people and tell them how great they were and, um, uh, and ask them, would you accept my gift? I wouldn't, like, slap it on them. Uh, I, I said, would you re- accept my gift? And they would kind of nod, and I'd say, may I have permission to place it on you? And, they, and I'd place it on, but when they said yes, I'd place it above their heart, up toward their best dreams coming true. In the process of doing that, I realized that I was helping people receive because um, most people, uh, if you say thank you, they go, oh, yeah, this old thing, because I used to do that. You know, somebody says, well, I like your outfit, and I say, oh, yeah, I bought it at, you know, the thrift shop or something. So, <laughs> so we, we're, yeah. we weren't a good receiver. But here's what occurred to me, and I didn't know this for many years. I didn't know that every time I honored somebody, I'd say, I have a blue ribbon that says who I am makes a difference, that I was honoring myself first. said who I am makes a difference. It was built into the language of the ribbon, which I created. And, but it, for a long time, I couldn't get that I mattered because it, when I got to the first million people being honored, I said, well, that's not enough. And then I got to two million, I said, that's not enough. 
And then it was never, it wasn't the planet yet. It was never, I was never enough. And uh, one day I stopped and I realized that, um, and I'm kind of shaking right now. It, it, it's, it's sharing this actually. It's very vulnerable. Is that um, the major conversation for everybody on the planet, and that starts with me, is that I always had a question, um, do I really matter? Am I doing enough? Am I enough? Do I make a difference? Um, is my was my major m- mantra. Instead of who I am makes a difference, I empower and support people, I unconditionally love myself, and I unconditionally love others. And until I learned how to see what was possible and live into that conversation, I lived into the fear that I wasn't enough yet. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know, what was what's interesting when you say that, AJ talked about this need that we all have to help people, and that's so true. And I think another need that we have that I'm hearing, and I had an experience with you that taught me this, but a need that we have mm-hmm. is that need to feel loved and valuable. And I was on the phone. I want to tell the listeners, I was on the phone with you, um, Sparky, the other day. Well, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now. And you asked me a question. And you mm. said, Allison, what do you need? And I listened inside and I said, what do I need? What do I need? And the first thing that came up was, I just need to be loved. And you sat there and you told me that I was loved and that I was valuable and that I mattered. And that's what I needed that day. Of all the things I could have said, that was my deepest core need. And I think that all of us on the planet have that need to feel loved and to feel valued. Yeah, and it's it, and I want to. I just want to thank you for this because what I what I've no, known is that in well the ceremony taught me. I, you know, when I go up and honor somebody like Allison, when I was listening to you, my first question that I had always wanted people to say to me, which they didn't in the early days, they do now, but they, and they'd want to tell me what I should do or I shouldn't do. But I just really wanted somebody just to hug me and love me and understand me and encourage me and empower me um, and let me trip over myself. Um, but never stop me. Don't stop me. Don't tell me I can't do something. Um, and I, I, uh, I so... When I asked you that question, I said, well, "What do you need? What do you need?" Um, and you were, and you went into your soul, and you just really needed to be loved. And I go, "Boy, don't I, don't I ever know that one?" <laughs> and for all of us, fundamentally, you know, we, you can put gas in your car to make it run, but I tell you, the gas or the fuel for us to matter in this world, to give back, to serve, to make millions of dollars, to to whatever it is that we want that our soul wants to pop up like toast about, the fuel is that somebody just looks at us and says, tell me what your dream is. What do you need? How can I help you? How can I serve you? Who can I connect you with? How can I inspire you? Um, just anything in that, in that conversation is, is huge. Mm-hmm. May, may I tell you a small story about the first one of the first people I ever honored? Yes, please. Okay, so so I'm always looking to see 
who's mattering and making a difference. And wherever, if you look that way, you'll see people doing something all the time. So I'm downtown San Diego going into a big bank building, and I see a truck driver, and he's taking boxes off of the truck, and he's bending and breathing and putting the boxes on the dolly. And he's a big, burly guy, and he gets into the elevator, same elevator as me. I look at him, and I said, hmm, sir, I said, I have a blue ribbon for you, and I'd love to honor you for bending and breathing. It's really good for your health. <laughs> and he looks at me, and I said, would you accept this blue ribbon gift from me? And he kind of shrugged his shoulders. I said, may I have permission to put it on you? And he, he put his hand to his heart, and he said, slap it there, baby. <laughs> and I took the ribbon, and I placed it above his heart and cheered him on for his dream. And as he was leaving the elevator, he looked at me, and he said to me, he said, you know, there ought to be more people in this world like you. And with that, I gave him two extra ribbons and said, here, why don't you go be one of those people? Wow. And that created the pay-it-forward model of what we're doing. It, you don't know who you're going to honor. And when people will come back 20 years later, like the truck driver, and he stopped me and said, that particular day my mother was going through cancer, and I didn't know what to do, and I came home and told her how much I loved her. Wow. That was 20 years later that man told me that story while I was walking down the street. And uh, so I just want to say that in every moment, to be able to pause and stop telling people what they should and shouldn't do, but just look in their eyes, connect heart to heart, let them know how much they're loved, so we can end the bullying. The suicide rate for kids has is, is increased 400% in the last 30 years. Children don't want to even be here on the planet. They want to take their lives. They can't, they can't grab onto uh, an environment without being intimidated and bullied and put down. And this is, this is consistent worldwide. We feel so separate. And uh, my... my um, my spirit is is having people unified, connected, um, standing strong together, which is a training program that I teach. I'll be doing here in, in um, San Diego on, uh, this is June, right, June 24th and 25th, to train uh, youth and adults who all over the world who want to duplicate this work and, and teach others how to connect heart to heart, empower dreams, make a difference, like that. Yeah, and so for people who are wanting to go to that, Sparky, what is the what is the website for the training that you're going to be doing here in a couple of weeks? So, so for them to get in touch with me, I'm going to give you my direct email address. Okay, this is not for everyone, and then I'll give you the. If you want to get ribbons, let me do two things. If you want to get blue ribbons, go to www.blueribbonsplural.org. You can find out more about me about. Uh, about how to get ribbons. If you want to be in Standing Strong Together, I'm going to give you my direct email address um, because we're going to talk about whether this is a good fit for you. And that's uh, my first and last name. It's Helice, H-E-L-I-C-E, Bridges, B-R-I-D-G-E-S, at gmail.com. And just... um, 
Thank you. So definitely check out definitely check out the website if you're interested in attending the training. Uh, please email Halise. And then just a reminder too that both Halise Sparky Bridges and Feed a Billion will be at the Spirit Summit June 17th in LA at the LAX Sheridan. You can get tickets at www.spiritsummit.com. If you enter the code Spirit S P I R I T, you can get half price tickets. It's just forty seven dollars. We're gonna have charities and organizations there. Uh, you can rub shoulders with people who are truly making a difference in the world. You can be inspired by them, and we're actually bringing in a group of people from a transitional home as well. So check that out. Uh, and thank you so much for being on the call, Halise. Thank you to AJ for being on the call. And my biggest takeaway today is if there's one thing that you can really do to inspire the world, uh, take that one step and just do it. Just do it. You don't have to have lots of resources. You don't have to have lots of influence. What you do have to have is lots of love. So uh, signing off with lots of love today, this is Allison H. Larson, and thank you for joining us for Spotlight. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.